Hey, welcome to Equippers Church Sermon of the Week. My name is John Sparrow. I'm the lead pastor here at Equippers Church, and I'm thrilled you're tuning in. I believe the message you're about to hear is going to encourage you, inspire you, and equip you for life. If you'd like to know more about Equippers Church and ways to partner with us, please visit equipperscc.com. God bless. Welcome to church. You guys doing well? Uh, my name is John. I'm part of the pastoral staff here at Equippers Church, and I'm excited for this morning. We're kicking off a new series. Uh, it's called Home is Where the Heart Is, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a series of talks on values, what we value not only as a church but as an individuals, and I believe that over the month of June that your life will be transformed by embracing and evaluating your own values, what you treasure in your life. But before we get into it, uh, I want to pray, and uh, would you pray with me? Uh, this morning. Yes. Junior high. If you're in junior high, would you please make it? Thank you for doing that, Vanessa. That's boldness. Give it up for our junior hires as they go. Awesome. Thank you, Vanessa. Um, Vanessa's doing a great job with the junior hires, isn't she? Keeps growing and growing and uh, the guy who makes my coffee on a regular basis, he drops his kid off here to go to church because he loves the junior high ministry, but he doesn't even come to church. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool. And we've heard that a few other kids as well. Uh, they they got to get to church because they love what's going on and their, their parents are soon to follow, right? Um, but uh, come tonight to hear some exciting announcements about our youth program. Uh, we're excited about it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence we honor you as the author and the finisher, and this morning we fix our eyes on you, and uh, we ask, Holy Spirit, beyond anything that I could communicate, beyond any song that's sung, that you would speak individually to each heart exactly what they need for this day, and I give you permission to use me as a vessel, to use me as a mouthpiece for what you want to communicate to Equippers Church on the central coast of California to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, I speak to hearts that are discouraged right now, and I ask that you would encourage them. Lord, I ask that you would lift heads, that you would uh, cause posture to be upright this morning. God, that you would fix things behind the scenes because your promise is that you work on behalf of your people. And so, Lord, I ask, before the message is even through, that you would do a supernatural work in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. I like that. A little interaction, some amens, some hallelujahs, some, uh, what does Kathy say? Hello. There you are, Kathy. <laughs> Hello. I love that. Hello. Come on, don't take her line. Come up with your own. Get creative. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, that's not, that's not do that one. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. We'll see ya. I say that all the time. Huh? We'll see ya. Um, this is a series of talk on values, and uh, we are going through the values uh, of our church. We uh, summarize those with the acronym HEART. There are heartbeats, but um, how many know that uh, our mission statement is equipping people for life through faith in Jesus Christ. And what I want to say right from the outset is that we're not equipping people for church <laughs> through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, this is great, and we're glad that you come, but what really matters is Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And I, I hope you place a really high value on being in here on Sundays, but what this is all about is your tomorrow. It's about your Tuesday. So we're equipping people for life 
through faith in Jesus Christ. And we believe that these values that we're going to talk about are the actual avenue, the vehicle which let us live our, our mission statement. And so we're going to get into that. But if we go to that first verse in Proverbs 13, 12, it says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I, I believe that each person in this room has a dream. Uh, it's actually not your dream, it's God's dream for your life. Um, I, I don't believe that, you know, uh, we it, have our individual vision necessarily. I believe God has a vision and he uses people to fulfill it. And so there's a role for you in this story that's been initiated since the foundations of the earth that you would walk in the fullness of what God has for you. It's your story. It, it's a dream. It's something that hopefully wakes you up in the middle of the night thinking about it. And I hope that some mornings, the moment your eyes open, that you are fixated and the vision for your life and the dream that God has placed in you captivates you and causes you to live supernaturally. But this scripture is challenging because sometimes hope gets deferred when it comes to the dream that's to be fulfilled. And um, what values are, what we're going to talk about this month, values are like banks of a river. See, without banks, a river turns into a swamp. Without banks, a river is just a swamp. And so what values are, are they are banks to the river to keep the flow of God, to see the dream fulfilled. Because without values, without banks on your river, your hope will be deferred. It gets diluted. It gets distracted. It, it gets manipulated. And that will make your heart sick. But what values do, what banks on the river do, is it is our vehicle. It is our expression. It is our avenue in which we see the dream fulfilled, which then means that we get to live in the abundance of being a tree of life, which is so exciting and exhilarating. And so that's the framework for the talks over this month uh, is the banks of a river, things that add uh, uh, boundaries and substance to our lives. And the, the, definition, the definition of values is a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. And we titled this series, Home is Where the Heart Is, because each person's home has a set of values, whether you know it or not. I can walk into your home, and after a matter of minutes, I can tell what you value, whether you tell me or you don't tell me. Right? I can tell that you value having a guest by the way that you uh, uh, make your home approachable and you welcome me into your home. If you value guests, you create an environment where guests are welcome. If, if, if you value art, I can tell very quickly by what is on your walls and what you value. If you value food, I can tell from the moment I taste your food what you value. <laughs> <laughs> Each person is living under a set of values, whether you intentionally set those values or you did not. And so I think it's really important that we have the right values to steward our lives in a way that brings us to a tree of life experience. And uh, these are our, 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 do we have that, uh, uh, skip through a couple, I think I did these out of order um, to our next one. Yeah, there it is. So as a church, these are our values. And and we don't want this, again, to just be values for our church or our organization. We actually believe these are things that add to a flourishing life. So firstly is honor. Uh, I'm glorifying God in everything I do. That's what we're going to cover today. Excel. I'm following Christ and becoming like him. We also use the word excellence for that. 
advance. I'm using my gifts to serve God's purpose. Reach out. I'm on a mission to reach the lost. Together, I am formed for the family of God. And uh, we believe that those five heartbeats are actually a way to flourishing in life. And uh, again, they're not just for equipping you for church. They're equipping you for life. And I'm confident that if you embody these set of values and interpret them into your own context, that your business will be better, that your marriage will be better, that your relationships will be better, that your life will be better when you choose to steward the banks of the river and what God is doing in your life by some simple values. And in Matthew 16, we go back to that one. Uh, Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. It's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. In the simplest terms, the kingdom of heaven is just God's way of doing things. He says, I will give you keys on how I do things on earth as it is in heaven. Next, it goes on. We don't have the slide for it, but he says, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. When you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. So there's this interconnectedness that we live within that he gives us keys on earth to unlock what's in heaven. It's beautiful. See, I I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss anything in my life by not getting the proper keys to unlock heaven on earth. Would you agree? God, I want the keys to the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I, I want to learn your way of doing things. Your way of doing things on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And so the, there, there's things like forgiveness and generosity and humility that are keys in his kingdom. But today, specifically, we're going to talk about honor. So you can go ahead to um, the definitions of honor, um, which should be in there somewhere. Next one. There it is. Honor means to highly esteem, to give weight to something, to value it, or to greatly respect it. But our definition for honor uh, that we believe is accurate is to put weight behind to put weight behind something. And so that the, the way we honor what we're going to talk about today is God's presence and people. The way we honor God's presence, the way we honor people, is not just kind words. It's not just observation. It's not just not being hostile. <laughs> it's not just self-control to keep yourself from saying something you shouldn't say. That's, that's actually not honor. What true honor is is actually to put your weight behind something or someone or an environment. To honor is to put weight behind. And so the first thing we're going to talk about today is as a church, and I hope in your life that you, you honor God's presence. It's holy. It's precious. And we're going to go to Exodus 33 if you have a Bible today. Um, if not, we got the Bible in the sky. Anybody thankful for the Bible in the sky? Thank you to our media team for keeping the Bible in the sky. Yeah, that's worth a little sh- hoot and holler. Uh, ow! <laughs> That was so bad. What was that? A broken chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too much weight, too much weight. <laughs> Speaking of my body hurts so bad today. Speaking of weight, um, I played against Evan. Evan, would you stand up? Ah! <laughs> Uh, basketball in the pool against Evan. Terrible idea. (laughs) They won, by the way. (laughs) Uh, And I swear it wasn't my fault. Um, Exodus 33. This is an encounter that Moses has with the Lord. 
And uh, the Lord has given Moses a directive on how to lead people. And Moses responds this way. He says, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, here it is, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? See, Moses placed such high value on the presence of God that he wasn't willing to go unless God's presence went with him. See, I I don't know about you, but I, I would interpret that as he put weight in his life behind the presence of God and the way it applied to his movement. It, it wasn't just, a, a, that wasn't a negotiable, that was a non-negotiable on how he led the people of Israel. It, was, it had to be marked by the presence of God. If you don't go with us, and, and I would say the same for us as a church, I mean, if God's presence doesn't distinguish us, we're no different than any other club or gathering or community event that just happens to meet in a Clark Center on a Sunday morning. No, what identifies us, what distinguishes us here on a Sunday morning is God's presence. It's the living God who is so faithful to show up. He's so faithful to, to honor the, the, the community of his people by his presence. He actually puts weight behind us when we put weight behind his presence. And um, Moses was, uh, was pretty committed to this presence thing in the way that he wouldn't move. And I, I believe that in our lives it should be the same way because God's presence is precious. God's presence is precious. And I don't know if you found yourself in a stale place. I don't know if your business has plateaued or, or there's just a, a decision coming, but I would say that a good request to God in the next phase of your business, in the next phase of your family, in the next phase of your own endeavors is say, God, whatever it is, it has to be distinguished by your presence or I'm not willing to go. Because if my business is not distinguished by your presence, I'm no different than any other business. See, if my, maybe someone's making an album in this room, if my album isn't distinguished by your presence, it's no different than the other billions of songs that are on iTunes right now. God, if your presence doesn't go with me, if your presence doesn't lead me, I'm not willing to go. And that's a value we have as a church. But I hope that it's a value that you embrace in your life, in your pursuits, and in, in the context of our church, we place a high value on praise. I don't know if you've noticed that by showing up. I, I hope that just by being here without me vocalizing this, that you would see that we have a high value on praise and a high value on worship. Have you observed that? Yeah, yeah I, I hope you have. Was that, that was probably Jessica that clapped. <laughs> oh, it was you, Krista. Okay, cool. <laughs> Jessica's a woo, yeah. <laughs> um, She's our worship pastor. <laughs> um, because we place a high value on praise and high value on worship and the way we engage in those moments because we think that God's presence is precious. See, when, when, when the songs begin, I don't spectate and wait for anything. <laughs> I don't like wait for a moment. No, no, God's presence is here because we're here. And it's nothing we need to wait for. We press in. 
and we lift our hands and we sing loud and we clap and we put weight behind what God's doing in the atmosphere. So we have this, this lingo and this idea as, as a team and hopefully we embrace this as a church is we are not thermometers, we are thermostats. <laughs> See, we don't walk into a room and walk into an environment where God's presence is and be like, could be better. <laughs> right? Or like, ooh, that song again? <laughs> right? Yeah, someone said that this morning. Sorry. Grace, love you. But come on, the amount of times we walk into a holy moment, <laughs> we take the pulse of the room, and we really pay attention to what God isn't doing instead of putting our weight behind what God is doing. Would you agree? Come on, as a church, can we honor the presence of God? When it comes to praise, when it comes to worship, don't walk into this room and spectate for a while until you start to feel good and then you start to offer something. No, what happened is that 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid a price for your life and so you don't have to wait for anything. He actually made a way that you could enter in with boldness. You don't have to spectate any longer. It's not about the good songs and the bad songs. I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm an Enneagram one. If anybody knows Enneagram, the Christian version says that the one is the good person, but the real story is the one is the perfectionist, and their biggest, their biggest disability is being critical, <laughs> first of themselves and then of other people. And so at my worst, I walk into a room and everything's wrong, and I, I'm wrong too. Walking, It's just like my personality at my worst, but... And so for me, I have to crucify my personality sometimes. I actually have to sanctify who I am and just say that, you know, instead of being critical, I'm just going to put weight behind what God is doing in this moment. And it actually releases a breakthrough for other people when you make that decision. You realize that. We don't wait for the team on the platform to lead us in worship. We as a congregation are worshiping as well. And the example of this is in uh, Exodus 33 as well. And you know, some of us say, well, if God's presence is already here, then what is required of me? And uh, this is a beautiful passage in Exodus 33 that precedes when, God, when Moses says, if your presence just doesn't go with us, Moses would meet in a tent with God. And it says in verse 9, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Here it is. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of their tent. See, the people had reverence and honor for the presence of God, and that created an atmosphere among the nation. See, sometimes God is doing something that you don't feel connected to, but you worship anyways. See, the pillar... The cloud was above the tent of meeting where Moses was, but the fact that God's presence was showing up was enough for the people who were observing to offer something to him in worship. And so we honor God's presence in the way that we praise, in the way that we worship, and I, I hope this transcends beyond a Sunday morning. I, I hope that tomorrow morning when you wake up, there's moments of sweet worship in your home, in your car, at your workplace, whatever it is, you honor that God would grace you with his presence. He never will leave you, never will forsake you, and he's always worth honoring in those moments. Do you agree? Yeah. 
See, the, the definition of dishonor is to treat something as ordinary or common. <laughs> Did you catch that? The definition of dishonor is to treat something as ordinary or common. It's not to blatantly disrespect. It, it, it's not to point a finger. It's not to point a weapon. That's not dishonor. No, dishonor is simply to treat something as ordinary or common. And so I, I don't know about you, but I have had some incredible encounters with God and moments in His presence and what happens is the wow factor of those moments can wear off after a while, can't they? And then you, you get into environments and places with God and you start to treat it as just ordinary or common. And you actually become a privileged, entitled person in, in saying that, well, well, that was great then. I remember that moment, but it's worn off to the point where it's just kind of ordinary or common for me to experience God's presence. Did you know that treating God's presence like ordinary or, or common is, 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 is not just... Uh, being a bystander, it's actually dishonoring. It's dishonoring. If we, if we forget the precious presence of God in all of his holiness and behold him with reverence, if we forget that, we miss honor. We dishonor. And, uh, cool. That's honoring God's presence. We honor God's presence and familiarity can create dishonor because the first encounter overwhelm wears off. But we have to be careful that things we place high value on does not turn into ordinary or common. Would you say amen? Amen. Amen. We honor the presence of God. Next, we honor people. We honor people. I, I believe genuinely that everyone deserves to be honored, don't you? Every human being on earth deserves to be honored. And, um, Honor is to put our weight behind each other, and when we put weight behind someone, it gives acceleration and momentum to their life. When Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, again, it's great to say kind words, it's great to encourage, but the way that I love myself is that I have dreams, I have aspirations for ministry, for, like, I want to get my family into a home. Like where we can have more kids and they can have a backyard, and, right? We have dreams as a family to create an environment where we can host. And those are dreams. Those are aspirations. Those are things I'm putting weight behind in my own life that I'm making decisions according to those dreams and those hopes. And, but to love my neighbor as myself, I have to realize that my neighbor has those same aspirations and desires and they're, they're hopefully seeking after a life that's flourishing. And so instead of just encouraging them and saying something nice, in order to honor them, I have to actually put my weight behind them and add value to their life that brings acceleration into their dreams and their destiny. (laughs) To love my neighbor as myself, to honor them is to actually follow up with action to put weight behind, to give financially sometimes, to, to spend time encouraging, to actually give of myself and put weight behind their life so that they can walk into their dreams and destiny. It's not just a pretty word or a smile or a hug. It, it, it's actually pretty heavy, this idea of honoring because of the weight that's behind it. And uh, we're going to go to Mark chapter 6. Um, in introing this, in reality, the honor that we attribute to someone actually is direct, directed, directly tied to their effectiveness in a given environment. And here it is in Mark 6, 4 through 6. It says, then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. 
And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. You realize that in this moment, because Jesus wasn't shown honor, there was a cap on what could happen in the atmosphere. Isn't this Mary's son? Isn't he just the carpenter? See, Jesus was welcomed as ordinary and common, and it actually put a cap on what was able to happen in that moment. And so, I hope you're getting the weight of that. When I treat someone else, another human, as just ordinary or common, I'm actually withholding the fullness of God on their life. Ha! It, isn't that just Dave? <laughs> I mean, I, I knew Dave when he was in sin. I mean, I, I know his, his repetition. I'm not speaking to any particular Dave, <laughs> just so you know. So I'm, I'm going to talk badly about you for a second, Dave. Like, I, I know Dave's never on time, so why would he be on time now? Like, I, I know that there's portions of Dave's life that don't line up with his ministry gifting, and I know that sometimes when he encourages other people into things, he's not willing to do them himself. <laughs> you go down that train sometimes. And I just treat Dave as ordinary or common, but you know what the reality is, is that Dave is a child of God. Dave was... He was formed in his mother's womb, just like I was. And he was brought onto this earth with a destiny and a calling, just like I was. And he was formed in the image of God, just like I was. And so he's not ordinary, he's not common. Dave's life is worth putting weight behind because he's God's kid. End of story. And uh, I wonder what could happen in, in, in our homes and businesses and schools and in our church if we embrace this reality of honor. What would have happened that day if Jesus showed up in his hometown and he was really accepted for who he was? What if there was honor that was placed on Jesus to release the fullness of God in that moment? What may have happened? Look, I, I don't want to think back on my life or your life and ask that question in 30 years. Like thinking back and like we did a lot of things repetitiously for a long time. I wonder what could have happened if we just embraced a key to the kingdom in that moment. I wonder what could have happened then. I don't want to wait years and years to ask that question. I just want to get keys to unlock the kingdom here and now, don't you? Like I want to place honor behind people's lives so they can walk into the fullness of what God has for them. Day in, day out, home, school, business, whatever it is, the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, not just the kingdom in church, <laughs> as it is in heaven. Amen? amen? Can I get an amen? Hello, say goodbye. Don't say goodbye. I'm going to speak into that for a moment, Kathy. What that does is, is what Kathy is doing, she's putting weight behind the word of God at the moment. <clears throat> Look, I, I'm, I'm no one special, and anybody who's on this platform is really no one too special, except for maybe my dad, but um, <laughs> no, he's saying no, no, but it's the Word of God, you know, and so 
I would hate to get the end of a Sunday and be responsible for putting a cap on what God could have done in an atmosphere because I didn't choose to get behind the Word of God. And look, you don't have to be extroverted. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be crazy. If you have the ability to do, please do because it's more fun that way. Um, But in your heart, if you honor who's leading worship on a Sunday and you come behind their gift and their anointing and you honor who's preaching on a Sunday and you honor who's on the doors on a Sunday and you put your weight behind them and you honor who's leading a prayer meeting on that, that particular day and you honor the gift on their life and, and then you show up tomorrow and what happens is you honor your boss because they're your boss and you put weight behind them and, and you honor those who you're serving and you put your weight behind them and you just choose to honor day in and day out so nothing's hindered and nothing's lost. Ha! I wonder what we could see unlocked on earth as it is in heaven as we embrace honor. And uh, I want to speak into something real quick because I, I feel like this is the one thing that robs us of our ability to honor most commonly. And it's the game of comparison. The comparison game can rob us of our ability to honor. And we'll go to 2 Corinthians 10. Paul says this, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service. God himself has assigned to us a sphere that also includes you. See, what Paul does with comparison is he sees someone else's life and he recognizes that he will not give account to God for someone else's life, but for his own life. I would hate to show up that day and give an account for someone else's life. And God say, well, yes, Stephen's great, but I already talked to him. <laughs> but what, what happens is that we compare ourselves to other people, and typically it stirs on jealousy and envy and selfish ambition Because our lives don't look like someone else's life. And when we compare ourselves among ourselves, we're not wise. It actually makes us dishonor. It puts us in a place that puts a cap on what God's willing and able to do. And can I just tell you that you are exactly who you're supposed to be. And it's okay that you're you and you have your quirks and you have your disabilities and you have your abilities and you have your eloquence of speech or you don't have your eloquence of speech. Whatever it is, you are you for a reason and it's okay to be you every day, okay? Can we recognize that as a church, as a people that walk out of this building, we just choose to honor, not because someone doesn't look like us, sound like, you know, we we don't compare ourselves among ourselves. That's not wise. We just honor because each person is formed in the image of God. And uh, I hope that you don't let comparison rob you, taking hold the key of honor to unlock the kingdom around you. The worship team can come, and we're going to wrap up here in a minute. Um, Thank you, guys. Our worship team's the best, huh? Yeah. Not to compare, but they're just better. (laughs) You got to practice what you preach. Other churches are good and all. No, they are. (laughs) Um, Honor. We honor God's presence. First and foremost, we treat as holy. We don't take it for granted. We don't treat it as ordinary or common. And we honor people. 
And what I hope happens during this series of talks throughout June is that there are practical applications to this. Because it, it, it says in Matthew 15a, if we can go there, it says, God says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. See, honor is not about lip service. It's not about telling people what they want to hear when they want to hear it. It's not even about telling God what he wants to hear when he wants to hear it. Because you can honor someone with your lips, honor someone with your lips, but your heart, the weight of who you are is far from and far detached from actually honoring God and other people. And so the hope here is that we put some action to our words that we practice what we preach. We embrace these values of not just a set of rules on a wall, but something that is lived out and flows from the very heart of who we are. And so in light of honor, I think maybe for some people, you, you've got to be pretty specific on honoring some people in your life this week. And in this moment, I hope that God brings someone to mind that you need to maybe write a letter to, make a phone call to, See, there's no shame here, but what can happen sometimes, and I've been in environments like this where, where people don't honor the gift on my life and it really disempowers me. And I have been in environments where I don't honor the gift on other people's life and it really disempowers them. I don't want to be those people. And so maybe there's been some people in your life that you've walked with for a while that you have failed to recognize the gift, the grace, the power on their life because of your familiarity. Because it's just Mary's son. He's just the carpenter. And you've been saying, he's just my brother. He's just my cousin. She's just my sister. She's just my mom. The way she is is the way she will always be. And she is just her. <laughs> but what I would love this week is that if we embrace honor in a way that is offensive to the world, that chooses the familiar things in our world and treats them as unfamiliar, <laughs> treats them as profound. You like treat someone who's really close to you that you sit next to in a cubicle day in and day out and you decide tomorrow that, wow, Man, I've totally taken for granted who you are for all these years. And if, if there's been anything in, in my heart that's come off my lips and that I just haven't chosen to honor you, would you forgive me? And, and you just make a commitment to honor people. Maybe you are a business leader and there's people in your business, every time you open their mouth, you just wish they wouldn't. <laughs> but maybe give them a listen this week. Maybe be receptive to some input this week. Maybe just recognize that they have wisdom from heaven just like you have wisdom from heaven. Maybe recognize that they're reading the same Bible that you're reading. <laughs> and the same God who created you is the same God who created them and you just choose to honor and put weight behind their lives. See, just like this vision offering, we're believing for a, a building at some point, but we know the way into that building is to put others first. See, maybe you, some of you, you're believing for a home for your family like my wife and I are. Maybe you need to sit down like we did recently when we put a goal for this year on what we're going to give, not what we're going to save. And we believe that if we reach that goal of giving, God is going to open a door of a home for our family because we want to activate. We, wanna, we want the key to the kingdom. 
And a key to the kingdom is honor. It's putting weight behind other people and loving them as you love yourself. Maybe that's the case for some of you. Putting weight behind friends, family, those who you thought were just familiar. And the next thing is honoring God's presence. Would you guys stand with me as, as we close? Honoring God's presence. And as I, as I was studying for this, and uh, what, what I have the privilege of doing now, um, uh, someone who I seek counsel from said I had to make lifestyle changes. Okay. <laughs> and so what I started doing one way, day a week was working remotely. And uh, my parents have been generous enough to let me use their RV one day a week. And uh, I, I pick up the RV in the morning and then I drive it out to Avila Beach and I, I park it by the ocean and then I just spend time with Jesus and I prepare talks like this and stuff for our team and you know, be intentional about getting poured into so that I can pour out as a pastor. And as I was reflecting this on Thursday, usually I try and do it on Monday, but this week it was Thursday. In that moment, I, I mean, I was convicted. I, I was sitting there with my Bible open and the ocean to one side and just life all around me and I just thought how many times do I sit here with your word open in the middle of your presence and I treat you as common and I don't stop and become aware of you and then I recount my blessings and God's activity in my life since I was a young man and I know some of you can recognize that man when I was 10 years old and what God did and then the way he brought a spouse into my life or the way he's working things out behind the scenes or the way that he paid the highest price so that I can be in relationship with him. There's, there's things that lose their, their, their awe factor after a while, but I just want to make a commitment to honor God's presence as a church, his activity in your life and not to just reflect on it, but to put weight behind it and offer him something in worship, offer him something in praise, offer him something that requires the depth of who you are because how good he's been. It's honoring God's presence. Because when we honor God's presence, it unlocks something. It loses something in the heavens and it activates something on the earth. Would you agree? So if, if you're comfortable closing your eyes and if the way you connect with God is to lift your hands or whoever that looks, we, uh, I, I say all, all, all the time, like we don't want a loud church, like we're not necessarily looking for a young church, but what I am looking for is a bold church. And some of you, the boldest thing you could do was actually walk through those doors this morning and thank you so much for being bold. Some of you like closed your eyes and worship this morning and you were so nervous because someone familiar is next to you. You thought, man, I, I don't usually do this, but thank you so much for being bold. Some of you lifted your hands and you sang and you even gave me a little shout during the message and it felt uncomfortable because you usually don't do that, but thank you for being bold. So wherever you're at on the scale of boldness. This morning, I, I want us to enter into his presence with boldness, whatever that looks like for you, because Jesus made a way, his sacrifice made a way that we could approach his throne of grace with boldness, to put weight behind an atmosphere, to enter in with boldness. So with eyes closed and 
If you'd be bold in your expression with hands lifted, with however that looks for you in boldness. God, we honor your presence this morning. And we repent as a people for ever treating you as common or ordinary. God, we choose to take the posture of humility and reverence for your presence. Psalm 103 says, praise be to God that he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. Our sin would typically discount us or remove us from your presence, but thank you so much, God, that you still see us fit. You still see us as ones who you welcome into your courts. You welcome into your presence. Thank you, God. We choose to enter with boldness this morning. And Lord, I ask that you would put a boldness on our life to put weight behind you. To put weight behind you. To offer something of our lives in the display of worship and generosity and humility and forgiveness. Would there be a, a weight and a substance to our lives in the way that we honor you in Jesus' name? Come on, whatever that is for you in this moment, would you reflect, would you ponder, would you consider how you might add weight? Would you get behind the presence of God? Would you offer Him something, whether it's a song, whether it's a lifting of hands, whether you know that tomorrow you've got to make a decision that's just as much worship as anything. You've got to choose to honor Him. You've got to honor God with your life. Honor His presence. We honor you, Jesus. Here's my last thing, the craziest thing. Yeah, the front's open if you want while I'm talking. We, we made room today. We moved some seats, and we're going to be able to do that from here on out, which we're so excited about. So please feel free. But in Acts chapter 7, something crazy happens. Stephen is the first martyr, the Christian martyr. And, and, and if you ever want a glimpse of the entire Old Testament, but you don't want to read all the books, just read Acts chapter 7. It's kind of like the Cliff Notes version. And so Stephen gives this great account of history, and he's, he's being ready to be stoned. And the Pharisees have, have him positioned. And in the old days, when you are to be stoned, you stand on a ledge about this high, and they give you the opportunity first to break your own neck so you don't have to die from the pain uh, of them stoning you. And so uh, the way that Scripture is set up, we, we probably can allude to that Stephen had already been given the opportunity to end his misery quickly and, and maybe he did or didn't, but he's in a pretty desperate place. He's getting ready to be stoned for his faith, the first Christian martyr. And I don't know about you, but I, I would say that's putting weight behind what God had been doing in his life. To the point of death, he's putting weight behind this gospel. I'm not going to turn back. And so something amazing happens that in that moment when he's being stoned and persecuted for his faith, he has this vision and, and he has this vision of Jesus in heaven. And he says, I see Jesus standing I see Jesus standing who is Jesus he's the king of kings what does a king do he sits on a throne why does a king get up from his throne the only reason a king stands up from his throne is when royalty enters the room and so this is what's crazy when we honor God with our lives he says in his scripture that he honors you he stands and he honors and he welcomes and he embraces and he puts weight behind your life because we honor him. The king stood to welcome Stephen into his presence. The king stood. And this morning I see the king standing. I don't know about you, but I, I see the king standing this morning honoring his people as we honor him. So we're going to sing one more time, holy, if we can sing that holy, but 
Come on, church, if, just for a few minutes. We're almost done. If we can offer something of tremendous honor to our King this morning who's so worthy. Isn't he worthy? Isn't he worthy? Come on, isn't he worthy? He's worthy of our honor. And, and, and here's what happens. As we put our weight behind him, I believe that he's going to put his weight behind you this week. I believe that you're going to walk into life with greater momentum, with greater acceleration, because you have the weight of heaven behind you. You have the honor of heaven behind you because you made a choice this morning and you're going to make a choice tomorrow morning to first honor God so that he would put weight behind your life. And so let's sing, church. And God, I ask that you would prepare our hearts for worship. God, any sin, anything that would try and hinder, we cast it aside and we claim the precious, precious blood of Jesus in this morning. Come on, let's sing holy. Well, I pray that you are feeling encouraged, inspired, and equipped to take on whatever you may be facing in this life. And hey, why don't you consider joining us? We meet every Sunday at the Clark Center in Arroyo Grande at 10 a.m., and it's always a good time. We'd love to have you with us. And for any more information, ways you can partner with us, please visit equipperscc.com. God bless.